This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. And this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me today is Broome County historian Roger Luther. Welcome to the program, Roger. It's a historic well, event. It's a real pleasure to be here. I, I've had you on before, but it's been a long, long time. Well, yeah, it has. Uh, I don't even know if you were officially historian then. Maybe I was talking to you with the uh, Preservation Association of the Southern Tier, which you're still involved with. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably it. It was, it was before my uh, historian time. Well, the reason I gave you a call now is um, you know, my husband was joking with me the other day. I don't know if he was joking, but he was going, what do you mean Women's History Month coming up? Didn't we just have a month for some? It's like everybody's got a month but me, he said. But yeah, we do have <laughs> Women's History Month, and it's it's kind of a big deal you know well absolutely and as a matter of fact we're just coming out of uh black history month absolutely yeah well, one thing i saw you're on you're on the tv you're on that that talkie box thing um oh yeah i, I saw you recently uh doing a thing that was kind of interesting kind of tying those two together uh about uh with the the uh the trying to emancipation uh declarations and things like that that women kind of led that that deal in Broome County, as it were, with a letter that was recently discovered. Oh, absolutely. What a find that was. It was actually uh, it was called the Emancipation Petition, and it was started by uh, Susan B. Anthony in New York City. And uh, the whole idea was to get women out on the street gathering uh, petitions, anti-slavery uh, signatures for, for a petition. And one was circulated here in Broome County. We got 86 signatures. Now, this is dating from, what, 1863, uh, before Binghamton was even a, a city. And uh, so, yeah, we've got the original signatures. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a find. It was originally intended for women only, but then they changed their mind and uh, let uh, males uh, sign up as well. Well, what is the relationship between uh, that time would have been the women's suffrage uh, movement and emancipation? What is the correlation between those two? Well, I, I, you know, I think they they both had an interest. It was a kind of a common cause, and it was a a, a good relationship between the the two uh, the two organizations. So, yeah, it, it seemed like a good fit. What is the deal with Broome County women? I, I remember when we were going into the whole New York State uh, with the, recognizing the suffrage movement and everything else. What was it? Was it a year ago? I lose track of time with this pandemic thing. Was it a year ago or was it two years ago that they were going through that whole recognition? And it was kind of a big deal with Donald Lepardo and the people here in Broome County. County. Yeah, actually, it was uh, 2018 uh, was the, well, gosh, that was the 100th anniversary of New York State passing the uh, the suffrage law. So the, the first woman voter uh, voted uh, in New York State in January of 1918. Uh, and uh, by, the, by the way, when you, uh, you know, when I got your message that you wanted to talk about uh women that made a difference in Broome County. One of the first that came to my mind was Florence Chauncey, and that's the woman that cast that very first vote in 1918. And that was in Broome County? Yeah, it was in Lyle, as a matter of fact. The uh, the uh, suffrage uh, law was passed in New York State 
uh, in November of 1917. So the very first election that happened after that was in Lyle. It was a special election, and the election was all about whether uh, alcohol should be legal or not legal. Uh, Florence kind of championed the the dry movement Mm. and uh, rallied all the women together, and they turned out in force, and it was defeated. The uh, you know, uh, legalizing alcohol was uh, was defeated, and uh, she was responsible, primarily responsible for making it happen. And she was the first person to vote in New York State. What do we know about her? What what drove her to be even politically involved in a time when women were not expected to be involved in, other than you know nagging their husbands about what their husbands should be doing? Um, yeah, that's a good question. She it turns out she was the wife of a, a Lyle a Methodist minister, and. Uh, yeah, so she was against uh, alcoholism and alcohol. So it's, uh, it's not so much that she was uh, pro-suffragist, but it, she was anti-alcohol. Hmm. And I guess that's that's what drove her. Now, she stayed there in, uh, they, she and her husband stayed there in Lyle after this for a while. And then she, they both moved to Binghamton, and he was at uh, Fairview Methodist Church on Robinson Street. So they, they lived there quite a while. What other connections do uh, we have to notable historic events and 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 such with, that are linked to women in Broome County? Uh, I know that I have seen recently when there was a, a documentary done about the big clothing factory fire. It was kind of surprising to me to find out how many women. You know, I expected the ones that were working in the factory, but there were so many women that were also involved in the more of the management area of some businesses at that time as well. Were were women really, was Binghamton kind of on the the edge of of progressiveness as far as females being in charge and not being trivialized? Well, there were an awful lot of women employed in this area at that time. A lot of the work that was done was uh, done by women. Uh, Cigar, uh, making cigars, for example, Uh, uh, even uh, Endicott Johnson and Clothing, for sure. Uh, you mentioned the clothing company fire. Nellie Connor was the absolute hero uh, of that tragedy. And that's the worst fire tragedy in Binghamton's history. But she was there. She was, I think she was about 50 or 51 years old at the time. But she was the foreman on the fourth floor of that factory. Uh, she was very well liked. All the women there loved her. and She took good care of them. When the fire broke out, it happened so fast. Within 20 minutes that it was after it was first noticed, that building was just uh, in rubble. Uh, but anyway, she stayed on the fourth floor. She directed the women through the smoke, trying to get them to the staircase so they could hopefully make it down. She never did go down. She stayed on the fourth floor trying to save her women, and she ended up dying in the fire. She, uh, she along with, I guess there was a total of 31 people that died in the fire. Wow. And she is one of the unidentified uh, graves uh, in uh, Spring Forest Cemetery. That is such a, she, a, a chilling story, too. And, and the fact that she was in a supervisory position and, and a bit of an authority figure and kind of, I guess, kind of a mom figure for some of these women, many of them immigrants that had language issues and things like that, that, that kind of needed somebody to take them under their wing. And then she cared so much about those people that she was 
it just seems to me the stories I've heard that it was just second nature that she would have been making sure everyone got out first. Well, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. She was a mother figure to a lot of those women. Wow. Um, let's talk about some other. I mean, we're getting almost halfway through the program so already, and, wow, and we've got some other things that we wanted to talk about, too. Uh, give well, me some me, other examples. Yeah, okay. Uh, you mentioned the suffrage uh, movement. There were a couple key women associated with that. Their names were Margaret Topliff and Ida Wales Gitchell. And uh, so they were very active in the suffrage movement in Broome County. They uh, they headed up uh, several suffragist organizations. But the key thing they did was in 1912, they attended the uh, New York State Women's Suffrage Convention in Utica. And when they were there, they convinced that group to hold their next uh, annual session here in Binghamton. Uh, and th- that's what did happen. It was held at Centenary Church on Court Street, which is now Landmark Church. That was a turning point in the women's suffrage movement. Uh, that meeting eventually led to the approval of women's suffrage in New York State in 1917. These two women were absolute activists. They fought a long, hard battle against incredible resistance, and they made a difference. We have come a long way, baby. Um <laughs> how old I am. Um, but one of the things that I, when I was growing up and uh, just getting started, came back to my hometown of Binghamton, was quite notable in my mind was our first female mayor, Juanita Crabb. What, how big of a deal was that for Binghamton to have a female mayor in the 1980s? Uh, well, it was a pretty big deal. I, I got to tell you, though, I didn't live here at the time, so I, I don't have it firsthand. But uh, yeah, as I understand it, that's that was a, a pretty big deal. And now, you know, we've had since then a county executive. It, it just it it's funny that you know we're not talking all that long ago to have people in in such positions, um, the the chamber of commerce, the the, the you know IDA leader, yeah. and and all those the females that have taken those roles that were traditionally male roles, and that really has been only in the past twenty thirty years which is really just a blip when we're talking about the timeline of history. Yeah, and, and it all happened because of these groundbreakers uh, from many, many decades ago uh, that worked against impossible odds. And, you know, there's there's just so many of them. When you, when you asked me to come on and talk about them, the, the hard part was uh, whittling the list down to just uh, just a handful. But there are so many women that made a huge difference in this community. How does the community itself play a role in that with the receptiveness? I mean, if there's some areas that would be more reticent to the progression of women in roles, in historic roles, than other areas. But is Binghamton that progressive? I don't know how that comp- how we compare to other areas. I got to figure the same thing was going on all over the country uh, at the time. But uh, no, I re- I really don't know how we compare to other areas in that respect. Let Here. me mention another uh, another woman here. Okay. Uh, you're pr- you may be familiar with this, Dr. Mary Ross. Okay. She was a uh, general practitioner in Binghamton for sixty years. Uh, actually, lived on Murray Street behind the Masonic Temple. She was a doctor, and she uh, worked with mostly the people in the first ward. A lot of people were low-income shoe workers, cigar workers. Uh, and uh, at that time, there was a real high infant mortality rate in the first ward. Well, she opened the first well-baby clinic back in 1919. 
had a huge effect on uh, reducing the infant mortality rate. Uh, so that was quite an accomplishment. Gosh, over her career, what, she was a doctor for, I think, 60 years. Uh, she delivered over 3,000 babies. And in 1953, she was the first woman ever to be named Outstanding General Practitioner of New York State. Wow. She's, uh, yeah. She's not that well-known, but she she made an incredible difference. Uh, one more. Uh, I know you know this name, Helen Foley. Oh, of course. And I've, I've met Helen Foley with the... Uh, oh, the right, oh, yes, I did. When they were uh, working on the uh, the first Twilight Zone movie and, and everything, we uh, we had the honor of talking to Helen Foley on quite a few occasions. Oh, that's great. Yeah, she was a local teaching legend, for sure. Taught English and drama for 42 years. Had a huge influence on, uh, well, a lot of people, including Bob Keller, David Rossi, and, of course, Rod Serling. And a theater named after her, for her. Aunt, Theater's uh, named after her. She has a star on the Wall of Fame in the, in the forum. Well, as we're wrapping up this uh, conversation about Women's History Month, uh, that means that portends things of spring, and that includes baseball. And you and I discussed, said very briefly before we got started this morning that we wanted to, you know, take a little quick nod to baseball as before we wrap up the program. Tell me what's going on this year. That's pretty exciting. What, what a nice segue. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, women, trying. Women to baseball. I know. Well, hey, there's 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 no, you know, gray area there. Women like baseball. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just mention one minor thing. Uh, of course, Bud Fowler, actual name was John Jackson, but he's known as Bud Fowler. He's the first black man to play professional baseball. And this year, he's going to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, he actually grew up in Binghamton. He retired in Binghamton. And in 1887, he actually played for the Binghamton baseball team. It was then known as the Bingos. He played a few games uh, in that season, just a few. And then it's a sad story. His his uh, teammates objected to the fact that there was an African-American on, on the team. They drew up a petition and actually forced him to be uh, removed from the team. He went on, had a wonderful career playing for uh, Negro League uh, baseball team, teams, then retired in, to uh, Binghamton where he worked as a barber on Washington Street. So there's a real Binghamton connection there. Not all of it is pleasant, but it's a real Binghamton connection. Uh, this On July 23rd, uh, the Rumble Ponies are going to have a bud fowler day at the stadium uh, they'll have authentic uh, uniforms made up they'll have all, all sorts of things to celebrate his induction into the uh, hall of fame at cooperstown and uh, the induction actually happens the following day on july 24th at cooperstown so that's uh, big doings at uh, uh at the baseball park for bud fowler and with any luck things are not going to turn south with uh, <laughs> what's been going on over the past couple of years and everyone will be able to be there in person and uh, enjoy it wouldn't that be nice yes it would we are out of time thank you so much for being my guest and happy women's history month black history month and all that kind of stuff well kathy thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure this has been the southern right. tier close-up a weekly public affairs presentation of this station this program was recorded for broadcast at this time I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. On our first date, we